Good morning. Happy feast day of St. Joseph the Worker, a person who remained faithful to what he learned and what he believed, what was revealed to him in his dreams. Someone who worked in the hiddenness and did so because he was very clear whom he was working for. And that's what continued to give him the energy to live out his vocation as a father and his work. And St. Paul tells us just that what he lived, remain faithful to what you have learned and believed. And I think that this is so important for us to continue onward with our vocations, with this moment that we're living in right now, so that we can continue living the resurrection. There's an African proverb that says that when someone is plowing a field, that they have to look back in order to go forward. Because if you're plowing a field, when you look back, you can see if what the rows you've, you're creating are straight. And if not, you can readjust. So in order to go forward, we must look back. And that's why it's so important for us to remember all the ways that God has loved us in the past so that we can continue believing that God is at our side. We can continue going forward. It's so important to look back, remember, and believe because this will help us in our faith journey. This will help us to live the resurrection. I want to talk with you this morning about another person who I believe not only worked in the hiddenness, but she also was able to do so in the midst of sorrow, to do so joyfully in the midst of sorrow, to have hope as she too faced a pandemic. But it was a different time. It was about a hundred, over a hundred years ago, St. Marion Cope. She uh, lived during the time of Hansen's disease, also known as leprosy. And this was a terrifying pandemic that plagued especially the Hawaiian Islands. In the 1800s, Hansen's disease devastated the Hawaiian Islands. Many people were disfigured and afraid. And in a panicked effort to control the disease, anyone suspected of having it was forced into permanent exile. And People were forced and essentially virtually abandoned to live on a remote island called Malokai. And they had to fend for themselves. There was rudimentary shelter, no health care, and people literally fought over food, water, blankets, just to meet their basic needs. It was a really... Um, devastating time. It was at that time there was no cure for Hansen's disease. And so there was 
one person who worked on that island who you might have heard of. He's um, a little bit more famous. His name is Damien Vesture, de Vesture, forgive me, and also known as Saint Damien of Malachi. And even though he wasn't the first giver or religious to respond to this crisis, he became um, renowned for his advocacy and his compassionate solidarity with the people. Uh, in 1888, when Marion was invited to join the mission, she said cheerfully. She said earlier that she was hungry for the work. She said, I am not afraid of any disease. It would be my greatest delight. So by the time Marion and her sisters were arrived on Malachi, Father Damien, he was already dying from Hansen's disease. So Marion cared for him until his death, and she continued his good work that he began for another 30 years. See, the difference between Marion and Damien, well, I'm sure there were many differences, but she was very aware of the importance of cleanliness. She introduced cleanliness practices that were unheard of in hospitals in her prior years when she was, uh, she worked to establish hospitals. She had also worked as a teacher. Um, so she was prepared for this, this mission. So when Marion and her sister, she was a sister of St. Francis of the Newman communities. When they arrived at these islands, they were not content with the conditions. They also saw a lot of hopelessness. And so not only did they introduce cleanliness practices and meet basic needs, but they helped the people to believe in their God-given dignity and worth. Malachi was transformed from this place to die to a garden of hope. The sisters created a sense of home. They planted trees flowers, vegetable gardens, and it became this atmosphere of beauty and peace. The people learned to celebrate life in the context of their realities. And many people, after a while, heard about this community, that something new was happening. And the author of Treasure Island, Robert Louis Stevenson, he was so moved by the paradox of this joyful community that he gave them a piano so that there will always be music, he wrote. He also wrote a poem in Marion's honor, reflecting that a fool might be tempted to deny his God, to see such suffering. And then he writes, but if he look again, lo, beauty springing from the pain, the breast of pain. Let me just read you the last part of his poem. Repeat that line again. It's beautiful. He said, he writes, he sees and shrinks, but if he look again, lo, beauty springing from the breast of pain. He marks the sisters on the painful shores, and even a fool is silent and adores. He wrote that in 1889. Jesus said, I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. 
Marion lived this gospel truth and she inspired others to live life to the full. She insisted that their primary duty was to make life as pleasant and comfortable as possible. The suffering was very real, but Marion transmitted a hope from God that was undeniable and hope, as St. Paul says, does not disappoint. So perhaps we feel that we're also living in a time of exile, in this time of social distancing and quarantine. But Marion knew the struggle of isolation. She was really far from home. She was from New York. She was all the way on, on Malachi. And she knew when she went to the Hawaiian Islands that she would never return home. Her mentor, Mother Bernadina Dorn, wrote to her about sadness and difficulties. And Marion honestly responded, I too sometimes look at the dark side. Not long, however. I think life is all too short to spend any of part of it in worry and anxiety. So where did Marion's hope come from? How is she so peaceful and optimistic? Even though life is very busy, Marion spent so many hours in prayer and it was there that she found her source of strength it was there that she found her support and her joy. So maybe this morning we can pray for the grace and strength that we need to continue answering the call from God, to continuing that work that is placed for, before us, whether it's the simple work within our households of cleaning, of organizing, going through our drunk drawer that we always meant to go through, you know, doing the laundry, or that ordinary work that Julia was mentioning yesterday um, about finding the holiness, the uniqueness of ordinary moments, of bringing home eggs or bread, finding the beauty in ordinary moments, being in awe of them. And I think that in this time, it's so important to share stories with one another of how we find this extraordinary time that we're living in, but within the midst of that, how we are being moved by the very ordinariness the simplicity. I was talking with my friend um, Laura the other day and she said to me something that surprised me that was like this joyful paradox that I was just sharing with you about on Malachi. Laura said to me, you know what, actually this time has been a blessing. Before the pandemic hit, her husband was really sick. But he got better after months of being ill just before the pandemic um, happened. And she said to me that they can't stop counting this blessing because he was not able to work during that time. He was really sick. And once the pandemic hit, of course, I think as we all are, 
she was getting creative with, okay, what things can we do? What, what's something new we can do right now so that life, you know, isn't just the same every day. Isn't just, we're not just waiting for life to happen, but to help, you know, create moments that are new or that are extraordinary within the ordinariness. And she said that, of course, she, there was this garden that she had been meaning to plant for years. And so she had all the seeds, she had all the tools, and she started this garden. And she said that even though her kids, uh, it's a challenge juggling doing homeschooling with three kids um, and Brandon working and um, from home, she said that it's been really good for them to see her working, working in the garden, tending to it. You know, that she's not just there to play with them, and of course, you know, to play and care for them, but it's good for them to see her working. And with the cooking, she's letting the kids help her. And, okay, allowing a three-year-old and a six-year-old <laughs> to help her cook is actually helping her to grow in patience, right? Um, and how beautiful is that? Um, and so I just find it um, really beautiful that it is possible for us to find this time as a blessing, as painful as it is, that it is possible to experience joy in a time of suffering, hope in a time of pandemic. Marion, I think, can be a source of inspiration for us to look back and to see how God was working in her life and in the lives of the people she worked back, worked with because we're not working alone. God was at their sides, and God is at our side. And God entrusts us to love and reverence those whom God places in our lives. Marian reminds us, let us make the best use of the fleeting moments. They will not return. So let us make the best use of these ordinary moments. Let us be grounded in the present moment. And as well, we can pray for that grace to continue to answer God's call, to work cheerfully, even in the simplicity of perhaps what we're living in this times of quarantine, the, the simple tasks, I mean. And to show the world that our hope is not dependent on the outcome of our labor necessarily, but on our relationship with God. To continue to fix our eyes on God as Marion did. So that we can love and serve God, our neighbors and our families. And those who may feel themselves that they too are living in this time of exile. So maybe... May we continue to reverence and serve those with whom we live with and to do so with cheerfulness. So we can pray not only to our Mother Mary to help us in this time of moment to live the resurrection, to remember what we have learned and believed, but we can also ask our spiritual companion, St. Marian, to help us. <laughs>